It's time for Conversations with Bob and Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Bob. It is time. And uh, before we get started, I just want to tell the audience what a great job you've been doing with our shorts. Um, they're breaking 1,800 views. So, you know, it's we're very proud of that. So I just want to tell you how, what a gr great producer you are. <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah. I'm still trying to crack the code as far as how, like, I w we did four and one of them gets 1,800 views. The next time I did six and one of them gets 1,700 so I'm still trying to figure out, uh, you know, which ones get promoted and why. So, well, that's either way. I mean, it's been. Um, I looked our total was fifteen thousand views to in our total video views, and that's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. We haven't even come to our our one year anniversary yet, so I'm excited about that. My brother lives in Florida. He doesn't do social media, um, but he does do YouTube. So I had sent him in the past when we started this channel links and he never really responded but i sent him a couple of the shorts and he was very complimentary he thought that was perfect he said you know we like he doesn't like to spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and nobody you know it's, sometimes it's too complicated they're talking too much he just thought it was great that we could capture so much in one minute well that's fantastic so um yeah so let's talk about all the things we want to talk about today there's a lot Okay. Um, so let's start with this the CNN article, and it's all over the news. A lot of people probably heard of it. Um, it this was updated at 6.57 this morning, today's March 1st, where the FBI director, uh, this is on CNN politics, by the way, so um, it's not misinformation because it came from CNN. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if it is, it's CNN spreading the misinformation, right, not us. Right, it's not us. Um, <laughs> The FBI Director Ray acknowledges Bureau assessment that COVID-19 likely resulted from the lab incident. Now, our Department of Energy also is having that theory. I'm not going to say they confirmed, they disconfirmed because the White House came out and said they're still investigating it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has been, how many people have said this from the very beginning? And right. I, I, I just want to represent all the conspiracy theorists that lost their friends over the past few years um, about this could coming from a lab, not a bat. Um, you know, I think there's some kind of uh, justice here for people that believe it was a lab leak. <laughs> I think it was Jon Stewart did this. You get, you hear the news. There's a new, highly contagious, dangerous virus been released. And then the next breath, they say it originated in a China city called Wuhan, right? And then the third thing they say is in Wuhan, there's a virus lab. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, common sense right there. I would think you would have to prove it didn't come out of there than the other way around. Well, by the way, Wuhan is the sister city to Pittsburgh. Oh, very nice. It's, it's our, Wuhan is actually our of Pittsburgh's official sister city. That's cool. Um, yeah, well, there's there you go. <laughs> Our sister city in China produced a COVID nineteen virus. I watched a documentary a while ago, and I think YouTube took it out. And it talked about the bat lady. It talked about the research on COVID. It's really SARS, um, and then this right. COVID nineteen. And I one of the theory is that um, you know now Dr. Fauci, of course, is the ones completely dismissed the lab theory. So now I think the White House and Dr. Fauci will have a lot to explain. But, uh, can, can I ask 
can I correct you just for a sec? Sure. Well, I'm not. No, it's probably not a correction. But the person who originally said that it was was not from a lab leak, his name is Christian Anderson. So he's a Danish evolutionary biologist. He's a professor at Scripps Research. He's from Harvard, all these things. So he came out in January 2020. He emailed Anthony Fauci. Okay. He emailed Fauci in January 2020 telling him that um, some features of virus made him wonder whether it had been engineered and noted that he and his colleagues were planning to investigate further by analyzing the genome. However, two months later, Anderson was the lead author of the scientific paper, The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, and that's the one that said that it could not have come from a lab, that it was naturally occurring. There's no sign of – he actually said it was impossible to engineer such a virus. Hmm. What changed? So, and then, of course, our media ran with that. Fauci did. Our media ran with it. Well, one of the things I was telling a friend of mine back in 2020, you know, after I, I didn't say it right away. I mean, I in the beginning, I'm like, oh, it's from a bat. It's from this wet market, which I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I can see there's a lot of wet market in China. But then at the same time, I thought, boy, the Chinese people have been eating bats for thousands of years. Like, mm -hmm. why did this just happen? If anything, they should, you know, the Chinese people will have immunity because... They have eat, been eaten rare animals, you know, for many, many years. So, um, yeah, I just thought this is, I think more things going to come out. Now, I don't know why it came out now. Maybe because we're in kind of a tense situation with China. So this could also be a propaganda war against China, which China came out and uh, completely blasted United States for having this theory. So... But okay. as the war, as the tension continued to happen, I wonder more and more little secrets going to start coming out from both sides, right? When we're in a propaganda war and everybody have dirt on each other, <laughs> it would be very interesting. Okay, so the FBI now is saying it. Right. Um, you know, the there was... The Department of Energy is saying it. So I don't know what... I don't know why our Department of Energy have anything to do with the investigation of this virus, but it was hmm. interesting. I was like, Department of Energy, that's interesting. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been shady things from the beginning. I mean, there's an article on CNN. Now, to believe, this was from January, or I'm sorry, February 2020. And hmm. if you followed the news coverage during the pandemic, this will surprise most people. They reported uh, on this head of the WHO, the World Health Organization, Tedros, you know, he's confusing names, but the, world, the WHO's praise of China's response have led critics to question the relationship between the two entities. The UN agency relied on funding and the cooperation of members to function, giving wealthy member states like China considerable influence. Perhaps one of the most over overt examples of China's sway over the WHO is its success in blocking Taiwan's access to the body, a position that could have very real consequences for the Taiwanese people if the virus takes hold here. So yep. you read the rest of this article, it's just a, a, a ton of criticism and skepticism, if you will, of the WHO. And if they're making 
good decisions and recommendations based on their relationship with China. Well, if you remember, Taiwan urged WHO to look into this December 30 of 2019. Right. They're saying there's something's going on and they're urging China to look into it and you know, WHO would not go investigate. And they did go to China January 13th of 2020 mm-hmm. uh, and say there's nothing wrong. This virus cannot spread. And I was following that very closely at the time. That um, was January 13th? Yeah, the president of WHO did visit China. And they you know saw what's the funny? Virus. What? Well, I, I discovered re- looking for these old news articles, it was January 30th, 2020, when he declared it a global emergency. Yes. yes. I remember the whole timeline on my Facebook page and I was trying to tell my friends this is happening. And, you know, of course, they're like, oh, you're crazy. And then two months later, put the mask on, put the mask on. The, I can't see you. The world is falling. I'm like, oh, my God. Like just two months ago, you tell me. I'm crazy. There's nothing happening. And then two months later, we can't see each other. I'm like, all common sense has fell apart, right? Yes. All common sense f- fell apart at that time. Um, I, I just want to take a step back. This morning, I was watching a little bit snip, snippets. A, apparently, last night, the House had a hearing or discussion or whatever, Um it was a bipartisan Democrat and Republican and talked about they all came and condemned China. China is impacting our national security. China, this is potentially the, the lab, the fentanyl and um, supply chain issues. And it just reminds me everything they're saying. It was what Trump said when Trump was in office or mm-hmm. what. And Trump was running for his first campaign. He kept saying, China is our greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and what about Trump and TikTok? <laughs> right. And at that, at Trump and TikTok. And at that time, if you remember what everybody was saying about Trump, you're well, crazy. China's not a competition. It is Russia that's our competition. And now we have the Congress bipartisan now all saying the exactly the same thing Trump has been saying for the past six years. Right. I was like, wow. So Trump blocks TikTok from government devices. The media and everyone screams, you know, you can't do this. He's like an authoritarian, all that stuff. So Biden, when he gets in office, eliminates that immediately. Now, mm-hmm. two and a half years later, they're saying, ah, we better take that off. They're, they've got a lot of spyware going on here. So... <laughs> For two and a half years, just so just because you wanted to make the point that you were undoing something that Donald Trump did, you put the uh, compromised our country for two and a half years. Well, another thing is um, if I think we said this before, if Biden would have went into the office and do absolutely nothing, just keep Trump's policy. You already you, you won. You won the presidency. Right. right. You don't have to prove anything. Right. The proof is the fact that you got elected. Right. Why go ahead and destroy all the good policy was put in place that was good for the country? People. You know, Ob- Obama didn't do that. No, so, Obama did not do that. You know, he, he, he immediately took 
erased everything that was happening on the border, erased the TikTok, erased the, you know, allowing the drilling, you know, the, the policies about the, the pipeline and everything that yep. were encouraging oil exploration. So, you know, rather than come to office and spend some time looking into it, he immediately on day one eliminated it. And if you recall, Obama ran on closing down Gitmo. On every speech, he promised, day one, I'm going to shut down Gitmo. He didn't. Why? Because he knew it was a bad idea. I mean, he used it in a campaign, but he was smart enough as a leader to say, you know what? We're not just going to arbitrarily shut this down out of for for political reasons. We're going to we're going to look at it. And, you know, it was was years later. It was still up. It's still up. And case in point, we talked about this in our last show. Obama did not do anything when Russia went took over Crimea. Right. Because he knew it would have been a bad idea. This is what's happening now, right? We're, we're helping Ukraine and we're allowing, well, first of all, you know, he said minor incursion. It's okay with us. Now that was such a bad move. And, and now it's like, Oh, it, it, to Russia is like, it is a minor incursion. I'm taking Ukraine. That's my definition of a minor incursion. So now we're, we're in the middle of the war. I have, the, I, I have to say, I know I want to move on to the, uh, the other fun topics, but here's a very interesting thing. Um, I had a discussion last night at, you know, at the bar with a young lady, and we were talking about World War III. You know, like, well, and then another guy, just randomly, an older guy. And I, so we were having this discussion about where everybody's going to be if there's a World War III. So China is aligning with Russia. So she said, and she's a very liberal young woman, okay? But what was really interesting last night when we were talking about the fact that China is aligning with Russia and we're with Europe, the way she was talking, she become extremely patriotic. And the way she talks, I, I, I looked at her and I said, my God, did you just turn Republican on me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one of the things she was saying, she said, well, you know, we have the we have NATO and we have Canada, we have Mexico. And I'm like, what do you think? Canada and Mexico, we're protecting them. Um, she said, well, who do you think China will have? I said, China will have Russia, right? China will have Iran. Now, one country I did not mention is Afghanistan because Taliban now is, you know, controlled by Afghanistan is controlled by the Taliban. Um, China will possibly have India. And she said, no, no, no. India is going to be with America. I'm like, you're out of your mind. (laughs) If you think India bordering Russia and China, it's going to help us, United States, and fight a war. And also, they're having conflicts with Pakistan always. If you think India would do that, you really under, you know, think India. Indian people are very smart. They're not that dumb. And then there was the article on Al Jazeera.com. It's published February 24th, 2023 by Aaron Hale. The title of the article how China and India's appetite for oil and gas kept Russia afloat. Okay. So just right before G20, um, the foreign minister, Valerie Putin's foreign minister, went to India and had a negotiation with 
his counterpart. And the thing is, it was interesting to me, this young liberal lady that was talking the way it talks, is oh, during the Cold War, she had a, she made a point. She said, well, China going to need us because we buy everything from China. We are the consumers. So I said, look, read the Chinese history. The Chinese government will have no problem shut their door to the whole West and say, we're not giving you guys anything. So she said, well, what about the crops? They get the crops from Africa. What do you think China did in the past 25 years, right? They invested so much infrastructure in Africa, buying up their land and planting crops. Another thing, we have in the North America, in our Western Hemisphere, we, between Canada, United States, and Mexico, we have over 870 million people. The whole world have about 8 billion people. Majority of the population are in the Eastern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. China can shut their door to Canada, United States, and Mexico. They will still have India, Pakistan, the entire Middle East, and the entire Europe. Europe will never cut their ties with China because they're heavily dependent on it. And they're not, this is not, um, so I think a lot of people is going to really misjudge if they still think the way they think, like back in the 70s and 80s. China is no longer the China back in the 70s, 80s. China is a global power. So the young lady said to me, well, we are the, we are the power of the world. I said, oh my God, if you think America today is the power of the world, you really better go back and rethink about all this, right? Because think about where we talked about how we already lost in the fentanyl war. We lost on the drug war already. Our people are dying, 100,000 a year, die of a drug overdose, not to mention the people that's addicted to drugs, suffer from mental illness, our young population, um, the military is 35% under recruitment at this point, so as our police force. So we, you want to fight a goal, you want to fight a power like China? <laughs> I mean, let, let's, let's be realistic here. Well, I mean, I guess until, you know what they say, uh, what, to be the, to be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> so, I mean, militarily, the U.S. could probably still make that claim, but I don't believe World War III is going to be a, and it may already be happening, but I don't believe it's going to be a military conflict. I agree with you. I at least not against the U.S., because you have Russia trying to take Ukraine. Well, they're a bordering state, and you have China trying to take Taiwan. I mean... The Roman part of the reason the Roman Empire fell was they became scattered. They were trying to manage, you know, all these countries that they they occupied. So being a remote country with the two oceans, uh, you know, it would not make sense for China, Russia, or any of them to come in here, take over militarily, and replace our government. No. What they would rather do, and they have the ability to do that now with technologies. They want to control us. They want to have control over us, and they can do that financially, and they can do that through technology, and that that explains the fentanyl, you know. I mean, you know, demoralize our our, our citizenry, you know, take us out of the fight. Tick and TikTok, right? TikTok, yep. which is a mental heroin. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're already controlling us because look at the media. We have had 
anti-American media for how long, right? And um, we'll talk about controlling us. You want to talk about China warned Elon Musk? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, back in World War II, you had uh, Hitler with a lust for power and control. Uh -huh. And it was all military. Same with Japan. But, I mean, right now, China's not stupid. China knows how the world operates. They understand the power of money and the power of controlling technology. So I don't, I don't believe that they're, I, they're considering a military takeover of the United States. I think it's going to be they just want to control us through finance, through, through tech. Well, yes, and I think we already lost that war. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I was trying to explain to the, to the people. I said, we are already in a war. And we are losing. The end. <laughs> yes. Okay. In, in that context, I, I totally agree with you. I believe the war has started. Fentanyl's a part of it. TikTok's a part of it. And, you know, we, we are losing. You look at our, our, our culture is, is kind of declining work ethic, you know, getting soft, mental health around young people. Uh, and, and the TikTok and fentanyl, they're just feeding right into that. They're just, yeah. you know. Making our, our people sick is what they're doing. And, and, and I believe China controls our media. You know, th that's why there's so much anti-American. Um, right. And like you said, I, they're trying to do it with Elon Musk now because Elon Musk wants to sell cars in China. <laughs> yes. So, like, don't talk about the lap leak theory. What was that tweet? You want to tell everybody the tweet that someone tweeted out? Uh, Fauci funded gain-of-function research, lied to Congress about it. Now both the FBI and Department of Energy have concluded the cor coronavirus originated the Wuhan lab. And it says, does that mean Dr. Anthony Fauci funded development of COVID-19? And Elon Musk replied, he did it via pastor organization, EcoHealth. EcoHealth, <laughs> yeah. There's an article on New York Post back in March. Uh, this was, wait, this was published October 21st, 2021, it says Fauci's agency admits it funded gain-of-function work in Wuhan. And what else are they keeping from us? It was mm -hmm. ego health. And then, yeah, so China did not like that. Sure. Yeah, so there they are. They're trying to control Elon Musk. They're threatening, we're not going to buy your cars. They mean, China's a big market. Well, according to the news report I've been watching from the Chinese CCTV news, China is manufacturing their very own EV smart cars. Okay. I believe the battery will last longer because it's a way smaller vehicle. And, you know, in China, they, they have highways, but a lot of them is, you know, within the city itself driving. So, um, it, you know, China eventually are going to manufacture a lot of things themselves so that they don't have to purchase and buy these technology. That's why they, there was a big problem we had with China for stealing intellectual properties, whether right. it's bootlegging movies and or whatnot. I, I have a funny joke. So my husband is half Italian, half Jewish. There's a joke used to say, I don't know if I should steal or buy a wholesale. Yep. <laughs> and then now we used to joke about my son is Chinese, Jewish, Italian, right? So he will have a trouble to decide to steal it, buy a wholesale, or just make it himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, but I have to say, being a Chinese, you know, we are learned to be resourceful and think outside of the box ever since you were little kids. So this whole concept of coming to America, everybody say you need to think outside the box. I'm like, yeah, well, this is something every Chinese kids grow up. If you can do, achieve something in one way, try another way. Um, so it's not like a straightforward thinking, but rather the thinking outside the box. So that's that's being taught in our culture since we were little kids, and that's not being taught here. They just started to be to teach kids here to be resourceful, you know, find different ways of achieving something.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think it's crazy. And then you talk about lazy population or, or you know work ethic, whatever is down. So today is a very significant day for people that co- collect food stamps. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. It's what? It's a very significant day for people that collect food stamps. Oh. So they're ending. Apparently, I did not know this. So apparently, during the pandemic,、um, everybody got extra food stamps. Right. They call it SNAP now, right?、It's、they call it SNAP.、Yeah. Right. They call it SNAP. So I was watching this news from Michigan. This woman who has six children. Her benefit is going to drop from fourteen hundred fifty-seven dollars a month to nine hundred dollars a month. That's a quite of a significant of a drop.、Um, the problem is, so there's people in Ohio. I guess it's happening across the country. Now, March first, they're dropping the SNAP benefit, and I believe May first, they're going to drop the Medicaid benefit.、Um, Here, here's what my problem is on this. I understand people need to go out to get a job, but when you put someone on this type of level of budgeting for a good part of three years, people learn to rely on it. Okay, so if you drop the benefit, don't drop it. Like half, or some people get their benefit cut. This one woman I read article in Ohio. She's going to go from two hundred forty-eight dollars a week down to fifty-six dollars a week. I mean, can we just take a doubt? Like, if if you've been giving this woman with six children fourteen hundred dollars a month, maybe drop it down to twelve hundred. Let her go through this for six months, and then drop her for another hundred. It's a little bit difficult for me, and I'm not one for welfare, right? But it's a little bit difficult for me to justify when we just handed Ukraine 113 billion dollars, and then we're letting people cross the border, give them free healthcare, give them food stamps, give them pay a thousand dollar night hotel for them to stay in New York City, shipping them over the country. Then you're telling me you don't have the money to give it to our own citizens. You're gonna drop the food stamp. That people depended on for the past three years, down to f- like forty-five to fifty to sixty percent. How do people adjust? How do they think people are gonna adjust this within a day? With like they were getting fourteen hundred last month, they were getting nine hundred this month. Yeah, I mean, should I, I mean be- I wholeheartedly agree. That's one of my beefs about government, and I I would I would love for the American people to figure this out. So the government will do something to get votes to get approval. Like 
they put a freeze on rent. You didn't have to pay your rent, so your landlord can't evict you, right? They give people these SNAP benefits. Now, what normal people do, if you're in business or in a family, you think, okay, when that runs out, what are we? How are we going to move away from it? Okay, because you immediately build dependency. I mean, right. when you when you tell people they don't have to pay rent, a lot of people aren't going to pay rent, and then when you release it, they're just going to say, okay, evict me, and you know they're never going to pay it back. So you know, and then what's going to happen with the property owners? So they they just don't think these things through. I don't think they want to. That's where the difficulty is in setting policy. So yeah, they build dependency. They give people all this SNAP benefits and they gave no thought to. Now at the other end of this, we know people are going to be relying on it. We know their lives are going to change and they're going to be dependent. How are we going to take this away? And I, you've, you've got a simple way of doing it. Phase it out, you know, slowly, gradually phase it out. I will slowly phase out. Another thing is, in the beginning of the pandemic, when you increase the benefits so high, which I have people saying they're getting $2,000 on their SNAP. I'm like, how do you eat all this food, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, we didn't have the inflation we had today. So by giving people all that money, you flood all that money into the market, increasing demand, you also drive up the price. And then once you drive up the price, now you're going to take it away from Double whammy. You're good. Good point. Good point. And it's like, okay, I mean, they were paying $1.99 for a dozen of eggs two years ago with a step benefit that was 60, that was way more than what they absolutely needed. Now they're paying $6 a dozen eggs, but you're taking the benefit away. Right. And on top of that, um, besides the SNAP benefit, oh, I lost my train of thought. But, <laughs> but I mean, I just think it's crazy. When it I is. saw the significant decrease, it's not a minor decrease. It mm-hmm. is a huge decrease. That would be like you, I budget my household expenses at a certain amount. And then all of a sudden, well, it happened to the business world, right? It happened Mm -hmm. to restaurant owners, bar owners. We had to adjust right away, which is not that I look back. It's not a bad thing because we have to learn live with very little right away in the beginning of the pandemic because we didn't get any help from the government we got the ppp loan but that ppp loan went to pay salaries um i didn't get the pua somebody stole my social security number so i didn't actually get the pua so i we actually have to learn to live with very little pinching pennies figure out what what to eat eating less um i lost weight during the pandemic i gained it all back that's another bad story but I knew plenty of people gain weight because they're now I realize why they're getting all this extra benefits. So they're eating great. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just, I just activity too. inactivity. Yeah. Well, when you don't have any, well, yeah, well, here's the thing. I think it's so cruel for the government to take away so much in such a sudden, um, taking away. Yeah. I would face it away. You know, say we take it away a little bit every six months or even every three months, but mm-hmm. not drop it overnight. That is just cruel. I completely agree. I mean, you know, that's why they have limits on unemployment insurance. Here in Pennsylvania, we have a pretty good unemployment thing. 
But they know, everybody knows, if you, when you start paying people to not work, a lot of people, it's demotivating. A lot of people don't want to go to work or they're less motivated to go to work. So they put limits on it. They say, you know, when you sign up, you know your benefit is going to run out on this date. So you've got until then to get a job. Right. You know, but this one, I mean, it's been years. So even if they told them, even if they knew the date, it's been so long, it should be a weaning off. They should phase it out slowly and give people an opportunity to adjust. Oh, here's another thing which will be very interesting. So I learned another thing going through the SNAP. Apparently, if you're collecting SNAP and uh, Medicaid, you're able to also collect up to $3,000 a month in cash. Not actual cash, but I guess you get a cash card. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know this, right? I didn't know this. So, I'm so like, if oh. you get Medicaid and SNAP, you and immediately you qualify for 3000 bucks. Not immediately. I mean, okay. up to 3000 Up to, okay. Up to. So my question is, with the decreasing the SNAP, is it also going to be decreasing in this cash benefit? In two months, there's also going to be decrease or taking away this Medicaid. So, I mean, that's pretty quickly how that everything happened within three months of time and you're going to drive a lot of people going to food bank and now food bank in all over the country, they're suffering because of the inflation, because of the bad weather. They're not getting the donation is not as good as what it used to be. Okay. So it, it's, so now at the same time, this is happening. You have people think we're going to fight China. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the government created hardship for these people is what, really what it comes down to. You know, right. There's a similar situation with immigration. Uh, if you recall back when uh, Trump first took office, there was DACA. So they had 10 million, 20 million, whatever it was. But these were people who were brought to this country as children. And they've been here 20 years-ish. Uh, they've built a life here. They're really not citizens of the other country. So, you know, we created this hardship for these people. So they say we should give them a path to citizenship. I 100% agree with that. However, only when you stop them from coming across like that. Right. So you created the problem. Our government's – I believe our government is responsible for what happened to those people more than they are. They didn't even make the decision to break the law. Their well, parents stop. did. Now you sound like a liberal. Stop well, it. No. <laughs> because a liberal doesn't want to seal the border. They want to just keep letting them come over, create this situation um, where okay. 20 years down the road, the same thing happens. You have to give them right. citizenship. They, exactly. They, they want to do that. And yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it, it is. It, it's crazy to for me when I. I mean, when I saw this news this morning, I thought this is this is ridiculous. You know. And what what happened to the student loan? No one's talk about it now. I think the student loan is uh, with with Zelensky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. I don't know what the price tag is on that student loan program. I'd sure like to, you know, I don't know if anyone's estimated it, but. I, I don't think it, it went through because it's I. It's just buying votes. Yeah, wasn't it? He, he did it via emergency powers because we were right. under the pandemic emergency. And now that he, you know, won the election, they just let it go away. <laughs> yeah, I think the Supreme Court pretty much said it was not, um, it's not constitutional. Okay. 
Yeah. And, and, and they didn't was, care. They just wanted to buy votes. That's all they were doing. Yeah. So now, now they're in court. <laughs> um, and also now it's down to where um, you have, you're earning, now there's an income limit on it and it just, uh, it would take forever. Meanwhile, people stop, some people stop paying and the bank suffers. Just very irresponsible. Yep. Um, and I, I know what I was going to say about the government. You say government makes all these mistakes and then they, they have to correct it. That's no different than when China said you only allow one child. If you have a second one, you'll be punished. Now they're losing population to India. Now they're like, have three kids. Right. And, yeah. and not only not only did they limit you know, the population growth by limiting a number of children, you know, it became lopsided, right? Weren't, weren't people well, aborting right. girls and then, or let it, putting them up for adoption because yeah. they wanted to have a boy? So now you've got more men, way more men than women. Yes. Yeah. And, by the way, the Democrats like to say handmaid's tale. That's a handmaid's tale situation there. <laughs> well, when I was pregnant with my son, I was watching a lot of the documentaries. Um, uh, this is about 12 years ago. My kid is 12 now. So, they were talking about how China have 3 million or 30 million more men than women. Because at that point, the policy has implemented for over 30 years. It's mm -hmm. it literally started around 1979. It's a one child only. It was right after my sister was born. And yes, because in Chinese household, it's, tr it's a culture tradition. You always want a boy to continue the family name. Right. And... So if you only allow one, you want to have one boy. Well, the government didn't think, well, you, a boy can't reproduce by themselves. That you need a, you need <laughs> Again, a wife. Yeah. They don't think through the consequences right. of their actions. Think it you, through. What's going to happen here? Right. So what, what, what wind up happening is a lot of people in China, women, even married women, gets kidnapped. By men, they cannot find a wife. And Handmaid's also, tale. And a lot of times, uh, Chinese men will go to Africa because they had a relationship with Africa. And Africa have a lot of healthy female to reproduce hairs, offsprings. And they will go to Africa with their money and buying wives. Well, it created a big problem in Congo because now Congolian women would refuse to marry Congolian men. And then Congo had a strict immigration policy forbidding Chinese men come in buying, you know, offering these great gifts to, to marry w their women out of the country. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, it was, it's funny, but not funny. So oh, now. They're like, have two kids. Well, then have three. Well, a lot of the younger people in China, they don't want to have kids because for years you're getting pounded and say, career, career, career. Right. Make money, make money, make money. Well, kids going to be, you know. <laughs> so you give them are, capitalism, they get a little more westernized. <laughs> right. So kids are like, well, I don't want to have children or they have kids later in life. Um, and, you know. It, so they're not producing enough population versus mm -hmm. India. They never put a cap on how many kids you have, can have. Yeah. Now there's India does suffer greater poverty. There's greater poverty in India, but then now they're going to have a bigger population. I mean, this is what needs to be taught in schools. Okay. China, huge socialist communist country 
severe poverty, overpopulation. They couldn't take care of their people. So they see what's happening around the world with these other prosperous countries. So they start privatizing things. They basically embrace capitalism. And as you've mentioned on here, they're more capitalists than we are now. They're more so now they become a world economic power. Yes, economically. So why is that not being taught in our schools? <laughs> no idea. I mean, no we idea. have a, generations of people who want to go the other way. They want to. They they want to embrace socialism, government control, and you know, it's over and over and over again. It doesn't work. The only thing is being controlled in the in China is the government being a communist party. The the, the bad thing is. There's no private property law, so you don't own your home. You only have a long-term lease on the land. Everything belongs to the country. Okay. But the entire system is more capitalistic right. than United States. There's less red tape in China if you want to open up a business than mm -hmm. United States. So, yeah, China fully embraced economically capitalism. Um, but, yeah, that's what happened. No, they're not teaching that in school. No way. So, but it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really a problem that, that our kids don't know this. I mean, the te what, what was the promise in China when, when, you know, they were inputting communism? I mean, it, it's always, we're, we're for the people, you know, look, the rich people are taking it, you know, they're causing you to be poor. We're going to eliminate rich people. We're going to make everybody fair. And this is all about the people, the people's right. Republic of China. Right. You know, and, and that's the that's the rhetoric of the left. It's like, oh, we're about the people, not the big corporation, not the rich people. We're going to make everybody fair. We're going to give everybody stuff. Well, you know, that's, that's, you know, and then they say, but we're not going to be like China. But here's a here's a difference. So China, with the fact that the Chinese government's communism, but they're stressing in economic growth, capital, they they. They favor capitalism economically, highly educated people, highly motivated young people, okay? Work ethic is way better than this country. So you do have this communism party leading the country, unifying the population, at, at the same time moving everybody forward to, is there, is there corruption? Definitely. But the young people are so motivated, mm -hmm. okay? And... They are having careers in twenty in their early twenties, and they're not afraid to work. And that's a big problem in our country: is the kids are not motivated. They right. want to be TikTokers and YouTubers, and rather than engineers and lawyers and accountants. And and like I said, I owe, I I judge. You know, is it because the Chinese people value? the ability to, to make more money and, and to better themselves where Americans, you know, they just kind of take it for granted. Now they expect that level of life to continue that they were brought up with their parents where the Chinese appreciate the value of it because it's still pretty new to them. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because I think the people in this country take things for granted. Mm -hmm. They just think everything going to continue exactly the same, regardless who's our leader, what policy, um, you know, I hope, I think in the next two years, the American young population going to come to a root of awakening um, to understand what actually happened. Because as you get older, right, as you get older, you're going to start to look back and, and analyzing your life. 
and and to say, wow, what happened? What went wrong? And I think they're going to look at the world a little bit differently in the next couple of years. Um, I still think that this country is going to go into a very, very great depression as far as, uh, you know, the morale mm -hmm. and economically. And I think, like you said, hard time makes strong men, right? So we're right. gonna we're gonna have to go through a hard time to produce a stronger man. And I like I always judge the Chinese um, policy by watching these Netflix Chinese soaps and movies because the government have a lot to do with what kind of movie they can produce. So if you okay. watch the movie, you see where the direction the country is. They did all the men in, in these movies and soaps are very masculine. I mean, they don't look masculine. They look they look like that porcelain skin, but they act, behave very masculine. They're pushing family value now. They're pushing women to get married. And so, I mean, you can see the different direction they're they're pushing. But yeah, I mean, China is definitely a force to endure another thing what people don't understand is the chinese leadership unlike united states you go in you become the president you reach highest office you go back to a civilian life that's what happens generations after generations so you kind of understand that concept the chinese leader they're used to for thousands of years right if you're emperor you're emperor for life and what does emperor do? They want legacy. They already have the money. They already have the power. Now they want legacy. This is no different than President Xi. He needs to have some kind of legacy. After COVID-19, I mean, what do you want? You want Taiwan. Because otherwise, you only have COVID-19. You don't want that kind of legacy. Sure. Um, so it, Taiwan is going to have an election 2024, so as United States. So the next presidential election in Taiwan and United States is extremely important. If Biden become president again, I'm not even saying any other Democrat president. If Biden became our president again, China will go after Taiwan. It I think they're waiting, huh? And, and they're they're obviously going to try and influence our election and the Taiwanese election. Oh yeah, they already said that they're. China already said they are going to pour a lot of money into the Taiwanese election. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. Boy, we really got off some topic here. <laughs> um, so we talked about Elon Musk. I want to – let's talk about a couple interesting characters here. Steven uh, Seagal? Let's talk about Steven Seagal, yeah. So Steven Seagal, two days ago – Vladimir Putin bestowed him with the Friendship Award. This is according to Chicago Sun-Times. That was published February 27, 2023. Action star Steven Seagal, who holds Russian citizenship, is awarded the Order of Friendship, recognizing those who contribute to bettering international relations. Why do you think he made this move? I didn't know Steven Seagal has a Russian citizenship. Yeah, I'm not – I mean, I, I read that he admires Putin. He, mm -hmm. he, you know, specifically says a lot of good things about Putin and admires him. Uh, 2016, he was granted Serbian citizenship, and he's teaching their Serbian special forces. Hmm. Um, okay, 
Yeah, that was January 2016. Then in November 2016, he was granted Russian uh, citizenship. It said this guy, uh, a government spokesman in Russia, said he was asking quite insistently and over a lengthy period to be granted citizenship. So he's been lobbying Putin to become a citizen. Wow. And he also, Segal was named in 2018 as a Russian Foreign Ministry Humanitarian Envoy to the United States and Japan. Now, here's an interesting thing about, you know, so when I heard this, and I, you know, I, I might have heard it a while ago, but seeing him with Putin was kind of impactful. He has claimed to be that he worked for the CIA. I mean, if you look that up, you could find it. He claimed, now it's, nobody's confirmed it, but right. I recall when he was married to Kelly LeBrock and he was a big deal with his movies current, they, he was in an interview and the interviewer asked him about it being and the one movie where i don't know he woke up in the hospital with amnesia or something they said it was based on something that happened to him while he was in the cia so the interviewer wanted to ask more details and they said we don't talk about it it's too difficult it's too disturbing uh so (laughs) i don't know that it's true well so this article is called this online thing called the things or something and then says um 20 facts about Steven Seagal that fans choose to ignore. They call him a compulsive liar. And one of the ones he said he cheated on his wives when Steve moved to Japan. He's a lobbyist for a Russian firearms manufacturer. He definitely comes off as a strange dude. He always did. (laughs) Wow. Who knows? So he's a compulsive liar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? I mean, maybe in... uh, in 10 years or so, and then the FBI is going to come out and say, well, he did work for the CIA. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I thought that was interesting because I grew up with watching Stephen Seagal's uh, martial art movies in Hong Kong. I always thought those movies were so hokey, but my mother liked it. Oh, they were. They were sort of, yeah, hokey, but people liked them. They were so hokey. I mean, compared to Jackie Chan, forget it. Jackie Chan mm-hmm. produces the best martial art movie, and then so as Jet Li. Then you go Stephen Seagal, you're like, what are you doing? You don't know nope. martial art. Plus, he's so overweight. <laughs> yeah, he is now. Well, he's 70. I mean, I have to say he looked great for his age. But yeah. it could be that... Could it be that he was held there as a hostage? You know, but, you know, China often do that. They held some kind of celebrity or hire up people as hostage, but they treat them very well. And you live in a nice place. You get great service, but you just are not allowed a lot of things. So. I don't know. It sounds from the reading I did, it sounds like he initiated. He went there and wanted to become a citizen. I don't know why. I, didn't I don't hear know any why either. Yeah, I don't know why either. I feel like he might be just being held as a hostage or he's being paid <laughs> to do this. I mean, I I can't see the reason why he wants to do that, you know. Um, I mean, we haven't seen Stephen Seagal anywhere in the United States. Uh, this could be a propaganda thing. You know, we're fighting Ukraine and Putin is like, oh, I'm giving this guy, you know, American used to be America. I got this some kind of a war. I mean, I think it's just so weird the timing of this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, the other celebrity we want to talk about is Ben Steeler, right? Ben Stiller, sure. Ben Stiller, yeah. So go ahead. 
Can you, can you well, uh, you pointed out to me that uh, I guess there's people that think uh, Tropic Thunder was the name of it um, yes. because of a lot of the you know guy in blackface and you know the humor in it was should be kind of eliminated or banned. And he tweeted out that he won't apologize for it. There have right. been rumors that he already did, but he tweeted out, "No, I, I don't. I make no apologies. It was a controversial movie." And yeah, I mean, it was about it was mocking Hollywood. It was like, you know, look at this is what Hollywood does. So I personally found that movie extremely funny. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, he should apologize for making um, that character Tom Cruise. Had, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fat fingers, fat hand. No, the well, movie Quentin was Tarantino movies. I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty edgy as far as race issues. I mean, yeah. Lots of N-word in his movies. It was a spoof on Hollywood. It's not yeah. necessarily a spoof on anything else. So I'm not sure why he needs to apologize. Well, I mean, Ben Stiller is not that funny to begin with to me. And he produced a lot of movies he should apologize for. I wasted my time watching something. <laughs> but not, that one is actually funny. I think his father's a lot funnier than he is. Oh, I love his dad. I watch, um, I love the series King of Queens, and I thought his dad, you know, his father yeah. made the show. Yeah. But Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. George's dad. Yeah. Great. I mean, Ben Stiller produced the movie Something About Mary was funny, and Tropic right. Thunder was funny. And then he, he was, um, what was the movie he's in? He was like a male model with. Um, oh, uh, Zoolander. Oh, my God. He should apologize for that. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> that was bad. If Ben Stiller have to apologize, apologize for Zoolander. And mm-hmm. I don't know why he made Zoolander, too. And like an idiot, I have to watch it. <laughs> it was always I didn't. Time. I watched the first one. I didn't see two. Yeah, Zoolander, too. I think it pretty much bombed. But, yeah, he, I demand ben, ben Stiller apologize for Zoolander movies. Not Tropic Thunder. But you know what's really interesting? They ask Ben Stiller to apologize, but they are not asking Robert Downey Jr. to apologize, right? Because hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was playing a Australian actor that plays a black guy. Right. Well, did Ben Stiller, like, produce it? Did he do more than just act in it? Maybe that's why. Yeah, he produced it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But everybody loved Rob, you know, who asked Iron Man to apologize for anything. Right. So um, talk about Iron Man. There, is a, there was a rumor that Tom Cruise was supposed to replace Robert Downey Jr. Turned out that was a rumor. And I have spread that misinformation to everyone. I don't <laughs> apologize for that. I just read an article. Turn out Tom Cruise will now be in Iron Man. So he will, he will not be. Well, not. Oh, that, okay. was, that was my misinformation. Yeah. I, I'm a, they, I think they, they go for the younger actors. I, well, I don't know. How old is, um, Tom Cruise Downey is Jr. 50 something, 50 something. Yeah. Talk about, Oh my God, we need to talk about this. I know we have to go, but let's talk about Ant-Man. Okay. I, you know, I, if anybody know, I love, love Marvel movies, DC comic, Marvel, anything that's in that realm. I love those movies. Mm-hmm. I went to see Ant-Man with caution because 
I went to see Eternal and I was not crazy about it. It was just too woke. Even mm-hmm. my son has pointed out there was a god in there. He's supposed to be Greek, but he was played by Asian men. And my son's like, well, that's wrong because he's a, that's a Greek name. Why he look Asian? Um, but I have to say Ant-Man was very entertaining. There was nothing woke, no agenda. It was just a fun, entertaining action movie. It almost reminds me of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit. So, yeah, I was very... It, it was it was a great movie. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of fun. Just fun, and you didn't have any of this cringy, you know... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, um, according... So, I went to see the movie with my son and my husband. I was very much looking for it. I had to drag my kid to go to see it, because he didn't like the other Marvel movies, but he loved it. Um, my husband did not care for it too much, so according to, to the survey, 85% audience loved it and 45% of people critic the hate. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway. I mean, I only went because I had seen the other movies, you know, you know, the time of it and all. I was hesitant, but I was glad I did. It was very good. Yeah, it was very good. So, um anyway, I just want to say we have some good interview coming up. We're getting some guests on the show. Um I'm very excited, and some of them are school board members. They're running for school board, and which mm-hmm. they're collecting petition. All the school, all the local election now, they're collecting petition. I believe your school board, you only need ten signatures, and you can run on both tickets. Okay. So to the school board members, very important if they can just win the primary on both sides. They don't have to run, you know, the, in the general. Um, so, I, so we're going to have some school board member coming on. We are going to have some special guests. Uh, I'm not going to name names because once we confirm it, we once we do the show, people will know. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Looking forward to it. And our viewership has been going up. We got more subscribers. So if you like our show, please subscribe. And I really have to say, I was very hesitant doing this conversation with Bob and Sherry, but I really enjoy it. It's been fun. I do, too. I'm glad you finally agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, until next time. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.